You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hats, Tats, and Stats, a championship caliber podcast with you as, uh, I don't want to say as always, because it's not as always, but this week anyways, it is the stat man, Austin, with you guys and bringing with you this week is... Uh, we're uh, a nickname pending. I really, it's, 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 we're, we're calling him big Rick because it, but it's really the laziest nickname possible because I mean, he's a big guy and his name is Rick. So really no actual effort went into this nickname whatsoever, but we're going to call him big Rick today. Uh, parental warning out there uh, for Rick. He doesn't curse a lot, but he is a jets and Rangers fan. So, I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't want to call him the antichrist, but I mean, but we're, here we are. This is just what's going on. Rick, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, you know, I'm just a transplant. That's all. I moved from downstate to upstate, and here we are. So, I went from Long Island to Western New York. So sometimes, yeah, Strong Island comes out a little bit here or there. You know, <laughs> well, more uh, so around your family. Your dad comes to visit, and that Long Island accent just sort of comes out of nowhere. It, uh, yep, it, it, <laughs> it's inherently just back there, and, and it just comes out every now and again. And yes, I am both a Jet fan and a Ranger fan. And I, though I do have bill season tickets for going on, I think nine years now. So I do. That, that, that is true. Team. That is true. In your defense, you do support bill when the jets are, it's like not bills versus jets. You do root for the bills. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I've been, I've been a season ticket holder through the, the hard times and now I'm kind of reaping the benefits in the good times. It just is unfortunate that my team is in the same division and right. now we go from the Patriots for all these years, and now I got to deal with the Bills. It's like, where, <laughs> when are one of the Jets going to have their day? You know? you know what? And so really, your wife, who one of my best friends, uh, active, avid Bills fan. I mean, but you've got some very nice house rules for equal amounts of support for both the Jets, Rangers, and Bills and Sabres. Yeah, pretty much. It's equal representation. Um, we're not allowed to buy any jersey for our kids unless we buy one of each. Um, so that's why, or, or, or it's a gift, or it's a gift. Right, right. Somebody else gives family. It, right. It's totally to, fine. You know, send stuff my way. Um, you know, it, if it, I it, see my uh, goddaughter in a in a Jets jersey, I'm gonna die a little bit inside, though. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe a, a Sauce Gardner jersey coming out. Uh, uh, listen, she's going to grow up and be like, I like the Cowboys. And then the two of us are going to weep uncontrollably because it's going to uh, be something. I, it's going to be uncontrollable. And uh, it's going to make me sad inside. I mean, that's like, I, I guess the only thing worse would be a Patriots fan. But yeah, it, <laughs> You're right. she's going to be like, I really like the red, white and blue. And we're going to be like, no, no, sweetie. This is unacceptable. We can't do, we can't do this. We had a good run, kid. There's the door. Sorry. <laughs> Sending uh, you, send you away to school. 
Yeah. We get, what's the age you can go to boarding school? Is it four? Because that's where we're at now. And if you say you're a Cowboys fan or a Patriots fan, it's going to be right now. <laughs> that's next week. So uh, that really, so really right in your wheelhouse, that's where we're going to start this week. Because coincidentally, so you've been a Rangers fan and the emotional roller coaster that comes with that franchise over the last, I don't know, decade or so. Um, but a Rangers fan your whole life, and they are, I mean, I would say playing quite well, although the Lightning have really smacked hey, uh, around a little bit the last well, couple games. So the Lightning were on a nine-game break after they swept the President's Trophy winning Panthers. Um, and it took them about seven periods to remember how to play hockey. And apparently now they <laughs> they've kind of taken off. Um, you know, it's one of those that the games have been tight. Uh, it's probably the best two goalies in the league right now playing each other. They are playing quite um, well on opposed to the other side where there was like no goaltending and no defense whatsoever. It's why whoever wins the East, I think is going to win the Stanley cup. And um, the Rangers have a very large uphill climb, especially with uh, Vasilevsky's uh, game seven stats, which I, I forget what they are. I'm going to look it up right now just because his game seven stats in the playoffs are like it's unheard of how good he is. Um, like video game stats that real life people are not supposed to do what he's pulling yeah. off in game sevens. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely insane. So, Wait. if you know, then the Rangers are going into Tampa now down three, two tonight. Cause we're recording this on Saturday. Um, so, and really, so, and statistically speaking, and I, I'm, I remember this stat that like in series clinching games over the last two or three seasons, the number of goals allowed by him was like two, one, zero, two, zero, 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 one, zero. That like 50% of the last three years, he was pitching shutouts in series clinching games. So, so he's nine and four in series clinching games since 2020. Um, and with a goals against of 1.29 and a nine point, a 0.951 save percentage. That's which just, is ridiculous. It's, and it's just insane. Um, you know, and that was updated after they won game seven against Toronto earlier in this, in these playoffs. <laughs> Poor Toronto. Uh, <laughs> that team, I swear to God. Oh man. Yeah. Hey, you know, I don't know. I guess I, I have a tough life as a Ranger fan and a Met fan. Um, so maybe the Mets are like the closest uh, to being like a Maple Leafs fan, but I feel for them because that's just tough. It's like the, 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 it's like the Toronto's like the Dodgers, except the Dodgers actually win championships. <laughs> it's like, do you mean like, Hey, let's go and get Tavares and Hey, let's like pay all these money and we'll get these big time free agents. And then, I mean, it, it, that's fine as long as it works. I, like, it, it, there's a championship at the end of that. Like, I think every single season for them is Stanley Cup or bust. And I mean, to not even make it out of the first round, over and over and over again, is pretty brutal. No, I know it's tough. Um, you know, and it's and this rate, you know, kind of back to the Rangers, right? This is a young Ranger team that's probably punching above their weight at the moment. Because um, when we were in college, they were unbelievable, right? I mean, there was like. I mean, the, the Nash years, Yeah, I mean, uh, so they were all crazy good for several seasons there. The Rangers have been blessed with um, having elite goaltending since I was a child. Right? They had <laughs> Mike Richter in the 90s when they won in 94, and that was Adam Graves, Brian Leach, uh, Alexei Kovalov, uh, Mark Messier, right? Like that's the 94 team when they won the Stanley Cup. And so they had Mike Richter, and then from Richter, they go to Lundquist, who's Mr. Broadway, Mr. New York. Seriously, he was the best goalie in hockey for a better part of a decade. 
you know, it's like, so you have him and then he gets to the end of his career and you get this young, you know, Russian kid, Igor Shesterkin, who's now only, I think, 25 or 26. And he's living up. I mean, him and Vasilevsky are the two Russians in goal that are just killing it in this, in this league, uh, in this series. And it's just, you know, it's, it good goaltending helps. Um, oh, for you know. sure. You got to have a guy who can win you a game every and now the, and again. He just, he takes care of it and he faces 41 shots and he only allows one in and you win. Like that's the guy you need. Game one against Pittsburgh. He saved 70, I think it was 79 shots on goal and they lost in triple overtime right. to Pittsburgh. That was the last home loss he had until they lost to Tampa Bay two days ago um, in this, in these playoffs, he went eight straight or not. Yeah. Eight straight in the playoffs, um, at home after that. So it's an uphill battle, you know, tonight, um, will be a, a tough task going down to Tampa Bay, which is a pretty, you know, raucous place, but there are quite a bit of Ranger fans down in Florida that show up. I think New York fans travel well, especially because people leave the state pretty regularly. <laughs> and, and, and what state do they go to? Florida. Well, <laughs> so yeah, especially they, they, Long they, Island and New York city, right. you they know, represent. everyone's down there. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think they could win. Um, they need to definitely get a couple of lucky bounces. I mean, that's hockey, right? I mean, hockey is a game of, of inches and there's a couple of, you know, you look back at that game, uh, at game five and there were a couple of chances where it just, they missed, they couldn't get the stick on the puck and they had wide open nets on Vasilevsky. And it's, I know, I mean, I sit and yell at the TV. Austin knows this. Uh, I've done it for years. I have witnessed when the Rangers were in the Stanley cup and lost to the Kings back in, uh, what was that? 2013, 2014, we were playing softball, watching those games at the bar afterwards. And me just in the middle of eating a burger, just yelling at the TV. Glory days. Love those days. Bar league softball and then sports at the bar until you have to go home. Uh, every night, pretty much. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) I mean, it really, I mean, and how ridiculous would it be? I mean, not to, I know this is going to leave a slightly bitter taste in your mouth, but I mean, how ridiculous is it for the lightning to go to three consecutive Stanley cups with an opportunity to win three in a, three in a row? I mean, has that ever happened? I don't So I mean, it hockey, happened. Yes. But maybe yes. not win. So the Islanders won four in a row in the eighties. Um, and that's kind of the, the benchmark you know, that's, that's everybody's compared that, to that eighties yeah. Islanders team. Um, was, think, was you think it's like this, the 72 Dolphins, they all get together every year <laughs> when, when somebody doesn't go back to back and they toast champagne? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they do that, but um, <laughs> I've always found that tradition to be stupid. I mean, I, on one hand, I get it, but I'm like, all right, man, it was 50 years ago. Let it go. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up here just to make sure. So the Canadians did it in 76 to 79. Three, three, or, three or four? Three. Four? Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. The Habs had three in a row. The Islanders had four in a row, which literally started the year after the Canadians won three. The Canadians won three, and then the Islanders won four. So in, in seven in years, seven years was two winners, and seven they did consecutive Stanley Cups. It was two winners, and it's not like they flipped back and forth. Well, didn't uh, and that's the it. Penguins kind of do oh. that when when Crosby and them were like in the midst of. Of winning, they, but but it was like every other. It was like them, the Blackhawks, them, I think the Black. They, and they just chance, kept going. They had a chance to go to three, and I think they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, if memory serves me right. Right. So the Maple Leafs also did it in forty-seven to forty-nine. The Canadians in fifty-six to sixty, and the Leafs again in sixty-two to sixty-four. So 
you know, talking about the Maple Leafs, the glory days seems to have been the 40s and 60s. Um, it's been a rough uphill battle since then. Right. I mean, it really is kind of, kind of really cool. I mean, it really just begs the the uh, the imagination and, and begs the question, like, how how good are the Lightning? That they keep that roster together, and when every other team is like, oh, we can't pay that guy, or oh, we have to get rid of this guy. Um, I mean, just so like case in point, just current events. So the Sabres picked up um, stars, uh, well, I guess f- like former stars goalie Ben Bishop's contract for them for a seventh round pick, and it was nothing but a, a cap dump for the stars. They're like, hey, we'll give you a seventh round pick to just take this contract, and you eat the five million dollars instead of us. And teams do that. It's really it's a semi common occurrence now. Um, because teams need all this money to resign guys and the lightning just seem to do it. I don't want to say without trying, but like kind of without trying and they just stay good that between all these guys and Kucherov and Hedman and uh, Stamco, I mean, they're just loaded and they keep all these guys and they keep winning and they get, they get guys like Palat who come in, uh, you know, and just are key lower, you know, bottom, bottom six guys that help as well. Right. You know, really that first two games, the Rangers, um, the Kreider Zabanajad line like was killing it and they, the lightning made us change and they just locked down that line and they, they couldn't, they, they can't produce, um, you know, the Rangers, I mean, I think in game three, four and five, they only had maybe one or two, five on five or even strength goals. All the goals they had were on the power play because they have a pretty wicked power play to be able to set up Zibanejad, who's got a, a just a, a rocket of a slap shot that is just a laser beam. It's the, really fun to watch. The Ovechkin any, shot where he just sits off to the left of the circle. Exactly. <laughs> he he to, I don't know how many. I don't know how many goals he scores from that circle, but I feel like it's most. It's a lot of them. He sits at the top of the circle and just waits for the pass, and the Lightning took it away, and then he was doing a little more trying to deflect in front, which is how Kreider scored 50-plus goals this season, 26 on the power play. Like it's, you know, the Rangers are a young team, right? Kreider's the one, the only player who's been there from the last time they were in the playoffs in 2015, when they lost in the Eastern conference finals to guess who the lightning, right? (laughs) Like the lightning have been around this whole time and the lightning, you know, there was a joke a while back. The lightning had all these, you know, Ranger players who would leave New York and go to Tampa. And that was that 2015 team. There was a lot of ex Rangers on it. Like, kind of how there is here. Ryan McDonough's in, on the Lightning. You know, there's a couple others. So it's just kind of funny that they play each other and they're friends, but then they're, you know, punching each other in the Absolutely, face. Yeah, enemies on the ice. You know what's I funny? Mean, is the, a- the, end of game, the end of game five was four guys beating the hell out of each other on the ice. Like, it, it's a rough series. That doesn't sound like hockey. That's why uh, hockey's great. <laughs> I mean, it really, so again, it's, it's funny enough. So I... It, hindsight's always 2020, right? Everybody's got perfect peripheral and rear view vision, but uh, going back to when we had Eichel as a rookie uh, way back when, and it was right around the time that they didn't know if Stamkos was going to sign a long-term deal there that, you know what I mean? He was approaching the end of it. And somebody, I mean, local sports radio in Buffalo was talking about like, would you trade Eichel for Stamkos as a package, something, whatever that, that package would take. Now, would could you give Eichel for Sam Coast straight up? Because there's no guarantee that he would stay here long term or whatever. Sure. Um, and a lot of times you put in the stipulation of, hey, we'll trade from as long as he agrees to a long term contract here, you know, waiving a no trade clause or whatever went into that. Um, and I remember a lot of people, and again, Hindsight's 2020, a lot of people saying, no, we'd rather have Eichel. Him and McDavid are going to be the faces of the league for the next 10 years. It's going to be like Ovechkin and Crosby. 
Uh, we were wrong. <laughs> Half <laughs> of that's right. Did, Connor McDavid right. is the He's, face of the NHL. He's unbelievable. I mean, I just look back at all what people say. Oh, it's a 1A, 1B situation. Like, Eichel's basically just as good. And while I don't think that the Sabres organization and the Pagulas gave him a lot of help, he had to go through tanking seasons. And, I mean, to, to get rid of that losing mentality, um, it it's not a light switch. It's not something that just turns on and off whenever you'd like it to. It takes some time to get rid of that that losing negative locker room mentality. I think today, I think we're better off because all those guys are gone now. Oh yeah, but no, I mean, I would agree I, with that. People, I, it's, it, he went to Vegas and I, I don't know, didn't really do anything. Now, how much of it does neck? Well, we have whatever. Off, Who's to he's, say? He's coming off of a pretty significant neck surgery. Like mm-hmm. I, I think you need another season. If at the end of next season, if he is. Uh, still not anything other than spectacular, then, you know, I don't think he was ever that good. Well, now, listen, he's, 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 a, he's a good hockey player. I don't think anybody says like he's a bum. I mean, there are probably some bitter fans around like he's a bum. I'm fine. But I mean, he strikes me as just 60 to 85 points. Most seasons. He's a, you know what I mean? He's a center. He's going to facilitate whatever. That's fine. But, McDavid, I just, I feel like nightly during the regular hockey season, I'm getting bleacher report updates on McDavid goes coast to coast. McDavid goes through four defenders. McDavid, you know what I mean? Like all the time he does something where I go, that's just stupid. Like, how do you, I feel like Eichel's never done that ever. Do you mean like, I don't, I can't think of a moment where if, Hey, listen, if you want to be that guy, you want to get paid like that guy, you want to be the X factor, whatever you want to call that, then, then put up or shut up. You can't be a whiny little bitch about things and complain you're not getting calls and oh, he hit me too hard. Like he's just a whiner. It drives me nuts. And McDavid's out there throwing his body around and getting 156 points over his last 90 game. It's something stupid. It's yeah. just dumb. They're just not the same guy. As much as the comparisons will always be there because of that draft kit class, it's sure not you know, I, I the mean, same. I, Eichel is not a, a leader. I mean, I don't know him personally. I, I wasn't in the room, but if from no, everything I, I I've would heard say on that the radio, never should have been a captain. from players is he should never have gotten the C on his jersey. He Correct. doesn't have the, the skill set to be able to do that because that's an honor in the NHL to get that C. And it's not something that should just be given. It's something that needs to be earned. And I think this team, the Sabres team at the time with him, kind of just needed to give it to somebody. Um, right. And so why not give it to the most talented guy? Give sure. it to the most talented guy, but he didn't actually lead. And, you know, Poso probably would be a better person to wear the C for that team because of the leader that he is, even though he's, you know, bottom six and, you know, dealing with all those injuries. But he, you know, is there and he's now teaching these young kids and the Sabres. You look at how they ended the season. There was a little bit of hope. I mean, you know, I live here. I listen to WGR. I listen to sports radio all the time. Like I, you know, I. I know more about the Sabres normally than I do the Rangers because I don't <laughs> listen to New York sports radio. I listen to Buffalo sports radio. And, you know, that Sabres team, that was fun to watch the last couple. Like, I found myself putting on games just wanting to see these young guys, see what Tuck is doing and see what these young kids and how they're playing and working out. And I think uh, oh, the coach of the Sabres, whose name's escaped. Granado. Granado. I think. Well, we went through a revolving door of, of whatever. It was a damn carousel. It was just round and round and whatever. You know, and I've been here for that carousel and listening to these coaches being interviewed. And Granado is the most honest interview you'll ever get. He tells it as it is. 
He tells you exactly kind of what he's doing. He's a developmental coach. He, well, he was with USA the Amerix. I was, I was going to say for a he long time. He was with the Amerix. He, he coaches with USA Hockey. He was just at the World Juniors as an assistant. Uh, he, we needed know, a coach. No, that's not, what a, he not, is. A, not a soccer coach. We didn't need the reverse Ted Lasso. I don't know what went into <laughs> that friggin' decision. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, what happens if it worked, right? I mean, you got to look at it that well, way. Hindsight, as you said earlier, is 2020. Right. Well, it was it was catastrophic, though. I feel like I mean, if we didn't, to me, like we didn't have a roster that needed a, a game manager. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing in baseball. Like, oh, it's like your third base coach is your game manager, and he's got a feel for for steal breaks and when to send guys and what. I mean, it's just, it's a feel for the game. And if you had an insanely talented roster where, hey, it was a Ferrari, and all you had to do was not wreck it. Sure, you get a, the best game manager, even if the guy who's your third base coach never played baseball before. He just he gets it. He understands it. He's a game manager. If you need a coach, somebody who needs to teach you the game of baseball, or in this case, hockey, to make you better players, to develop young guys, that, that's, I feel like that's the roster we had, but that's not the coach that they hired. No, you know and I mean, think, I, and Granado has this young team and he's teaching them how to correct. be professionals, right. and teaching them the ways and it, and he's been a coach for a year and a half for this team, right? He took over halfway through last year with, with the mess that was left behind and for two decades. Year, <laughs> sure. But then this year, you know, went in with a team that is at the salary cap floor, right? Like a team that is, there's no superstar on it. There's nobody that, you know, there's nobody that's playing NHL 22 saying, I want to play as that guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey man, I trade for Dylan Cousins and these guys all the time. I, I go for those guys in video games. Well, of course, because you're looking to create a <laughs> dynasty, right? I mean, yeah, but, then, but then you get a sim three seasons for them to be any sort of halfway decent. It's, you gotta really, it's all about you gotta the fast players, forward. right? Which is what brings it back kind of the Rangers, right? So the Rangers have like five guys under 25 that are that are starting in these games in the playoffs, and they have the kid line, as they call it, which is Capo Caco, first overall pick, Lafreniere first overall pick, and then Heedle, who's also a young kid. And the kid line, as they call it, which is just funny that like ESPN, all the announcers have just dubbed it the kid line because it's... See, just, that's a nickname that sticks. That's a good one. I like it's that. A good, it's a good one, and <laughs> right. it's great. Um, and they've been producing, but now because of the way that the Lightning kind of responded in game three and four and five, uh, uh, the Rangers coach, uh, Gallant, uh, Glant, sorry, that's how he wants to say Glant. Um, he's been moving his lines around and he's been putting Lafreniere with, with Kreider. He's really been just shifting things, just trying to find any bit of offense against this lightning team. And that's why, you know, I don't know. And tonight, of course, you know, it's Saturday, Buffalo, you and I, we're going to be a John Mulaney at the right, arena. We'll be at the arena. So we'll be in a hockey arena, but not. I'll be in a hockey <laughs> arena, but I'm going to have my phone locked in a bag that I can't look at the score right about when Mulaney goes on stage. <laughs> so by the time that's over, I'll probably be able to see what, what the third period is and listen to the rest of the game on the way home. You're either going to be really happy or super depressed right after that well, was, show is over. I was joking earlier that it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Like the Rangers will neither <laughs> lose nor win as right. long as I don't look at my phone. Right. It's if you don't check limbo. it, you don't know. Right. If I don't check the score, then, you know, they could be winning. They could be losing. You'll never know. And so, and, and right now today, so to, to, to change gears a little bit. So you and I, with our, our two favorite baseball teams, uh, New York baseball is kind of killing it this year. It's really the, the Mets and Yankees are 
are killing it. Like this, the subway series is something that I'm kind of looking forward to now. You know and, what I mean? It's- uh, and <laughs> I actually have tickets uh, in August when I'm down on Long Island. We're going to Yankee Stadium to see Mets Yankees in one of the four interleague series games that they play a year, which is going to be uh, a lot of fun. I've never been to New Yankee Stadium, so it'll be fun to wear my David Wright jersey <laughs> into enemy territory. Well, and, listen, uh, you, you should go crazy and wear like Kevin Mawa. Or like your Darrell Revis jersey, like the, the guys that have not played for the Jets in a very long time. Hey, those are classic jerseys that I have. Okay, uh, but um, no, I think it's going to be the David Wright all black, which is just a sharp looking jersey. For Ooh, the black in August. I hope you're sitting in the shade. Good luck to you. It's a night game. This oh, all right, all right. No, that's fine. So yeah, it's a seven o'clock start. It's a Tuesday, but it's going to be it's going to be great. You know, and the Yankees are are you know. Uh, th- right now the best team in baseball and the Mets are the second best team in baseball, both leading their respective leagues, which is great. And, and you were you, talking about Granado and kind of the, like needing a coach to teach. And that's sure. what the Mets did with Buck Showalter, right? So Buck Showalter is as old school baseball as you can get. And the Mets have had a string of younger coaches who, from what I've heard, have just kind of let the team kind of screw around in the clubhouse and just not like get on baseball. And what they've needed is somebody to come in and like teach them baseball at their finest. You know, it's like the Mets against the shift. They have guys that are just killing it because they, they shift, they just slap it to the open spot. And like, it's little things like that, not hitting the home runs, hitting for on base percentage. And the Mets, I believe I haven't looked in a few days, but the Mets were leading the league in on base percentage. And I believe leading the league in batting average as well. So, and it's just, they're just hitting for contact. They're not, you know, it was and Alonzo hits the teaching. long ball and stuff like that, but it, it's you, you talk yeah. about teaching. So I feel like the Yankees had the adverse effect on that. So we had, you know, Girardi for the longest time. And then when we had the, what they've dubbed the, the baby bombers, like when Clint Frazier came out and had a couple of good seasons and judge was hitting. And then Sanchez had his one good statistical season where he had 30 home runs that all these guys were like younger than 25, 24 years old. And Girardi was like this militant dictator. Now he used to catch for the Yankees. Like, so he had that, that pride, the tradition, everything goes into that. But he was kind of like, I don't want to say neurotic or OCD, but he was hyper detail oriented, like a lot of catchers are. And people just felt like, well, I guess management and the Steinbrenner family didn't feel like he had a feel for the locker room. That he, he had a bunch of like, kids on his roster that if the guys were 30, it would have been different. But he yeah. had kids. And when he would say stuff, the guys would just like, I don't want to say not listen to him, but it, it was like he was being a hard ass all the time and it was being counterproductive. Whereas Aaron Boone, everybody thinks like he's a player's coach. They know he has their back and he goes out there and argues with them, which a lot of coaches do. But um, I wasn't a big fan of the Boone hiring, but they're doing quite well this season. So, uh, you know, leave well enough alone. He's I earned my trust for at least this season where things yeah. have gone quite well. But like I think that can with Buck Showalter, you said that old school style mentality. I think Girardi had that as well. But it can go the opposite way, proving that like you have to know your locker room and no, kind of understand what they need. You know what I mean? And, I, and Showalter was the right fit for the Mets. And I think Showalter is the right fit. I mean, he's you know he was out of baseball I think for two or three years. Like he wasn't coaching, and the Mets just I think honestly needed an adult in the room. You know, like right. the Mets were being the Mets. They. They're, they're like the Mets just were having. I mean, they had. That's, that's, tell me, you tell me, you you're a Mets fan without telling me Mets. Well, the Mets are Metting. Uh, they're being the Mets. That's what, oh, all right. That's 
Yeah, well, well, right? it's like, you know, they're leading the NL right now a th- more than a third of the way through the season. And like, I still have cautious optimism. Like, I can't be excited about it until they're in the playoffs and have the one seed in home field throughout. Right. Like right. that's the, that's the only way that I'm going to be like, okay, now let's do this because they have had just spectacular collapses in the months of September <laughs> um, where they were up, you know, huge in the division and end up missing the playoffs because they go on like a five and 20 run or something like that. Like, you know, baseball is the one sport that it's all about, kind of the streaks you can put together and it's a game of attrition, right? There's 162 games. It's a marathon, not not a sprint. You got it. You know, football, you get 17 games. You just got to win two thirds of them and you're in the playoffs probably, you know, and it's close to keep yourself in the hunt. And, and, you know, in between two weeks, you can put yourself in the playoffs or take yourself out with baseball. You gotta, you know, you gotta go and look at it month by month. And the Mets, to their credit this year, have been just winning series. They've only lost, I think, three series the entire year. You know, the Yankees are putting together the big streaks, right? They've had a right. seven game, a 10 game, an 11 game. Like they put these streaks together. You said they were, they were nine, nine and one in their last 10 games. I mean, yeah, so well, they, they just lost uh, to, two days ago, and yeah, they were they, on a nine game win streak before that. Like, right. They, they lost to the Twins and then came back and beat them the next night. You know, and that's the thing. The Mets aren't putting together big win streaks, but they're winning series. And that's the thing. When you get to October, all you got to do is win four. You got to win four or seven. Right, right. So it's not about win winning this. 12 games in a row. Right. It's, it's about- not about winning 12 in a row. It's just about beating that team more times than you lose to them. I mean, <laughs> generally the team that scores the most points is going to win the game. Thanks, generally, John Madden. <laughs> you thought it. I thought it. You said it. Which is usually how it goes with us. Um, and you know, you know what's funny though too is so. I mean, from you and I have joked most of our relationships, and this is just how they've decided to assemble these two rosters. Is that if we could just merge the Mets pitching with the Yankees hitting, you might have the greatest baseball team ever. That if, you, if we could just mash them together sometime, if we could just borrow some of your pitchers and you could borrow Aaron Judge and some of these hitters, that it would be just fine. But ironically enough, both teams. I mean, the, the Yankees pitching has come out of no. I mean, my father-in-law, who's a big Orioles fan, is like, Nestor Cortez is a bum. He's not any good. <laughs> I mean, he is not a fan. And I don't know if he's being extra salty because Nestor Cortez is now in the Yankees. Like, if he'd have gone anywhere else, you'd like, oh, be wishing him success and nothing but the best of luck. But he's in the Yankees, and he's just being dominant. I mean, short of his outing the other day against the Twins, but... To this point in the season, he's been a revelation with a, a sub two ERA. And it was like I read something on Twitter the other day that said uh, the list of New York Yankee pitchers with 65 plus strikeouts and a sub one five ERA in their first 10 starts. It was Nestor Cortez and nobody else. It was the end of the list. So nobody had ever done that before through 10 starts in Yankees history. And, you know, baseball is 140 years old and they've got some of the greatest players of all time. But Nestor yeah. Cortez was on a list all by himself, which you tell you all about the season he's having. That's why I love the, baseball and I love baseball stats. But you talk about pitching, the Mets right now, right? But second without best team in DeGrom, baseball, without DeGrom, who hasn't pitched at all. Who's probably the best pitcher in baseball. I don't think anybody would when he's fight healthy, you real hard on that, right? He is the best pitcher in baseball. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it's hard to argue that with what he can do. The didn't, problem didn't is, he is have his like health. 13 or 14 starts last year where his ERA was under one. Wasn't, oh, yeah. that, wasn't that the whole, like, he hadn't allowed a run? Or, it was some ridiculous stat he, he had last he had year. I don't su- remember what it was. He had, I think, yes, yeah, 12 or 13 starts in a sub-1 ERA before he got hurt, and then he had that uh, 
UCL, elbow inflammation or whatever. Elbow, or? Yeah, he had the yeah. partial tear of the UCL or whatever it was, and he ended up. They slow played it, but he ended up missing the the rest of the season. And he, and he he opted for no Tommy John, right? He did not want to go under the knife. Eighteen months was too long of a layoff for him. Right? He's that already was- had Tommy John, and his new uh, this injury that he has this year is not that. It's not the elbow. This is in his shoulder. Um, uh, was it was it scap like his back or was it more? Oh, I'm trying Where's to remember. Now? It's I'm been a New York, New York. I know he's been out for a while now. I don't recall him. I mean, he, he opening day, right? That was it, or he didn't even make it. To no, he he got hurt in uh in preseason spring training, spring yeah. training. So let's see, 2021, he was seven and two with a 1.01 ERA in 15 starts before he got hurt. He had 15 starts and he had a 1.08 ERA. 92 innings pitched and then he got hurt and didn't come back. So, you know, and he was going for his what third straight. Uh, no, he missed out of 2020, but he had two straight uh, Cy Young's. Right. Right. I think like, yeah. Otani won it last year, right? That was, yeah. Know, he, so was, he, he, was he, he was the MVP. Yeah. I, I forget. Like, he, he was um, up there in the, he was up there in the voting, but it was something stupid where like nobody had won. Oh, yeah. DeGrom won the Cy Young in 18 and 19. He was third in Cy Young voting in 2020, which is a shortened season. Um, and then in 2021, he was ninth in Cy Young voting and he only had 15 starts before he got hurt. Like, but he was just, what he did is insane. And, and you so know, what's- that's the thing. If he comes back, you know, for, and he's, he's progressing his way to hopefully come back after the all-star break. You know, the Mets have, I, I don't even know what they're going to do. They're going to have to send some guys away because they have, you know, Carrasco is, is seven and two and lead, he's, he was tied for the league uh, uh, wins in, in wins with seven, you know, from this part in the season. Like it's just. Him the guy, the then, guy they brought in to replace him was, I was clearly not as good. But the simple fact that, like, oh, we DeGrom? have, we have, no, the guy that replaced Degrom, the, the guy well, they brought in to be their fifth starter when Degrom went down, well, it's has not been unbelievable. That, so the guy who they replaced him with is this guy Tyler McGill, who's this young kid who came in and pitched opening day and pitched a gem, and he just came back and pitched last night for the first time because he got injured and was working his way back. He only pitched, I think, four innings, and then they took him out and brought in a long reliever just to kind of work him in. But they ended up, you know, they beat the angels. And I think he only gave up two runs in four innings. That doesn't count. Everyone's beating the angels. It's it's you're not wrong. You're not, you're <laughs> so not they, wrong. They, they did end their streak. For those of you out there, not paying attention to LA sports, the angels had lost something like 13 or 14 games in a row. Uh, they had fired their head coach amid this pretty horrific losing streak. And it which is crazy to me is that there was a period and it's the first time in baseball history that it had happened that both New York teams and both LA teams, the Dodgers and the angels were on top of their respective divisions that both the New York teams, both LA teams were on the top of what they were doing. And the Mets and Yankees have stayed there and the Dodgers have stayed there and the angels went ahead and lost 14 games in a row and fired their head coach. And to your point, you brought it to me before we started recording that they, they were playing Nickelback songs for everyone's walk up until the losing streak was over. I don't know if that's punishment. Is that supposed to be motivating somehow? I don't know. I don't hate Nickelback. I don't understand where the, I feel like it, it became like a fad to hate Nickelback. I don't, I don't think anybody, you go, oh, I hate Nickelback. Why? Can you name any of their songs? No, I hate them. Well, if you can't name it, then you don't listen to them. How would you hate them? Like why? I can understand just being like, well, like, oh, I don't like rap music or, oh, I don't like country music, but, that's a stylistic thing. 
To be like, I, I hate uh, one band. That's, I, I don't know. That's difficult. I'd be like, it's, there's an awful lot to hate somebody. Yeah, I don't know. For it's music? Of, uh, it's just it's just one of those things. I don't know. I'd never mind Nickelback. Like, we used to listen to it in college I've seen them the in concert. It was a good concert. I have no issues with them. Oh, what's funny is they're Canadian. Uh, uh, one of the articles described them as a Canadian <laughs> you, punk, you said that, and punk I was like, rock band. I was Marshall, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother going, she's Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> chirping around. But so they replied back to the Angels and gave them a bunch of tips about playing the game. But they were talking about hockey because they were Canadian, and then used it as a way to kind of uh, drop that they're they got new music coming out, which is just kind of funny. You know, social media is a great place for that kind of stuff. Uh, Listen, promos for fun. everybody, right? You gotta and you gotta have fun can. with it. Well, that's what it is. And, it, and they took it. I think they take it in pretty good spirits, all things considered. <laughs> it was supposed to be a, some sort of negative uh, Freudian effect uh, motivator for the Angels, which, I mean, I guess technically worked. They did win a game, but then went, to your point, right back to losing to the Mets. The which day. hopefully they lose the next two, um, but we'll see. They play tonight, and then there are Sunday night baseball tomorrow, so they got the, the nightcap, so we'll see. I don't, know what, I don't know what would happen with our friendship if – Mets and Yankees played in the World Series. I feel, I, so, and your wife, who again, a good friend of mine, is also a huge Yankees fan. That was 2000. I remember um, it vividly. <laughs> um, the, the word divorce got, would just be yelled an awful lot in your household. The Mets October. lost in five. Uh, I was, I was, so in 2000, right? I was in what, eighth grade. I remember um, that we were up at my grandparents' cabin in upstate New York, and my dad wanted to try and get tickets to the world series. So he had a cell phone, but we had to drive like to the top of the mountain <laughs> or the hill service. where we were on to find service, to be able to call in at the time to try and get tickets. So we ended up not getting them, but I still have uh, kudos and, and perhaps father of the year award for at least trying to get world series oh, tickets. I, I, yeah. I don't even think he wanted to bring me. He just wanted to go to the game. <laughs> He's uh, he's on he's really it's indifferent if you guys come. If the kids come, no big deal. But I'm gonna go. You guys go back to camping. I was just talking to him the other day and he goes, So what are you doing next Friday? You coming down for the Met game? He's got tickets, but I, you know, I can't get down there. But I was like, Man, I, I was thinking if I can get on a plane at JFK, fly or at, in Buffalo, fly to JFK, take the train to the stadium, and then take it all back, I could probably do it in one day with flying from Buffalo to New York to see a game, but that seems a little absurd. Um <laughs> I mean, of course, we to see days. to see your dad, right? That would not be a Met game to see well, your parents. You don't get to see very often. I still have. I got to find it in a box somewhere, but I have tops. The cards were did a commemorative uh, Subway Series set oh, uh, all right. where it has. I have both all the cards for both rosters. Plus, they have this special card that has a Subway token, the old school physical token that's in the card um, in the box set. So it's a really cool set that I, I have. I don't have a ton of like sports cards, but that's one thing that I think was just really cool. Cause you, you just said a whole bunch of New York stuff. I didn't even understand. I didn't, I didn't follow you past. You took, you took a subway. So there's these trains underground <laughs> called subways. You see, they're in these tunnels in London. It's called the tube because they're tubes. underground. I'm, I'm sitting here like Zoolander going, they're in the computer. <laughs> the, 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 the trains are underground. What kind of world do you live in in New York city? Yeah, but sometimes they go above ground, you know, <laughs> they do come up and then go back down. It, it really throws you for a loop. But um, yeah, back before, you know, Metro cards and MTA cards, you had the actual tokens that you had to put in every time you went on the subway. 
and they put no. that in a card, which is pretty cool. Now it's all plastic cards, right? You just swipe your little pass and move on with your day. Yeah, honestly, you probably can do it on your phone now where you just tap your phone. Right, and you go right, right. right. Well, you can but do I'm, parking meters now on your phone, right? That's oh, yeah. If you, everybody, I mean, technology is just crazy, especially with that yeah. stuff now. Anyway, they can make it easier. But yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking you were talking about Girardi. He's also looking for a job right now. But they he got fired, fired him. Yes, oh, the yeah. Philly. Yep, the he Phillies is went on a long streak. And what's funny, the Phillies are now on a, a eight-game win streak, I think. In the NL East, you know, the Mets were had a 10-and-a-half-game lead, and you got Atlanta on a nine-game win streak, Philly on an eight-game win streak. So it's like, you know, Atlanta last year started the season with one of the worst records and ended up winning the World Series. So it's Getting like, hot at the right time is cannot be understated. It's Which is where the Mets, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom come back, and you have, you know, what, what do they have, four Cy Youngs between them or five Cy Youngs between them? Right. You know, let's do that. Um and see what happens, you know, everyone else trying to stay healthy. The Mets keep getting beamed with balls and everyone, you know, <laughs> so into a contact sport. Well, so uh, when they played the Padres, the one game when you Darvish was on the mound, he hit three of the first five batters and knocked both Starling Marte and Alonzo out of the game. Alonzo luckily came back. He got hit right on the top of his hand with a pitch. Um, and he's just no, there was no breaks or fractures. So that was good. But yeah, the Mets have been hit 40 times. Um, I didn't In get to 60 watch games. the game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to watch the game last night because it was on Apple TV, which is a stupid thing that makes no sense. Somebody posted that on Facebook the other day. That they said, in order to be a Yankees fan and watch, if I want to watch all of the Yankees games, I need Yes Network, ESPN, Amazon, Peacock. Uh, it was like six streaming services plus cable. And it was like, like you want to know why baseball's dying and why viewership is down? Because you guys do dumb shit like this. Like, I can't just like get a Yankees app. Well, and, and, and if you pay do seven dollars a month for it and just watch all Yankees games, like I don't care what it is, but I shouldn't have to subscribe to 35 different things and have cable well, <laughs> in like, order to watch the Yankees on TV. And it's like the the you know, the MLB.TV, like even if you get that, if you're in the market, all of those games are blacked out. Right. So you don't even get to watch them. ESPN Plus is the same thing. Like I, there's hockey games on all the time and, and Sabres games are on there. But if you're in the market, the Sabres game is blacked out because they want you to watch it on MSG. Which it's just, I mean, the NFL with the Sunday ticket, right? I mean, it was expensive, but I could watch every game and yep. it didn't matter because that was, you know, you remember when we, when you lived here, Two, you know, two TVs. <laughs> we would have a TV to play video games, or we'd have two TVs with Bills game TV on one, on Jets game on the other. Equal parts, equal representation. Yeah, you know. Now it's uh, whatever they're going to put on. Which now the Bills have so many late games and night games that we'll see what. I, oh, maybe I'll get more Jet games. I uh, see. So um, in the one o'clock. I, so, I, would, I would imagine, right? I mean, really, and, and a perfect segue going into. That's what our, I was just our, about our, to say. <laughs> get out of my head. So you had you had sent me an interesting article. And really, and I, I saw something on, I think it was Good Morning Football, that they had ranked um, all the AFC quarterbacks. And while I'm not a gigantic fan of Zach Wilson, they had him second to last. And it's and again, not that he was second last that I have an issue with. It was who they put in front of him. They had guys like Kenny Pickett. And uh, do you mean, and I'm like, I don't care who he is. I don't know how you put a rookie who's never played in an NFL game over any NFL starter. Like, I, p- period. Under any circuit. Like, I don't understand how you do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's never played a game. He could be a complete boss. You have no idea. And you're already saying he's better than current NFL starters. I don't know. I, I disagree with that just fundamentally. 
I don't like when they do that. Yeah, that's why I'm happy they put the rookie salary cap in because you're like you're giving guys eighty million dollars like Jamarcus Russell to watch him be maybe the worst quarterback of all time. Oh, that was and that was do you know what I mean? So, bad. <laughs> so they needed to do something like that. So to 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 that point, who you know is he better? Is Zach Wilson better than David Mills? I don't know. They uh, they see they seem to think so. I think David Mills didn't deserve to be dead last. If you, again, if you're if you're going dead last, the rookies, the unproven rookies who have never played a game, deserve to be number sixteen. I agree 16. with that for sure. Um, you know, and when Zach Wilson got picked, like I know he's got the measure, like he, you know, he looked good. He's coming out of BYU, but he just he to me didn't look like a New York quarterback. Which you know, New York's a tough market because you know and he's from like Utah. He's from Utah. It's like, right? it's like, like we're surrounded by Mormons and like they, they don't drink alcohol and they're super vanilla. And you're like going to New York. I was like, New good York luck, little fella. Just, like, holy shit. Yeah. And, you know, and he got hurt. He had a rough start, but he finished out, you know, the season pretty well. He didn't throw an interception in his last five starts. Um, he had more rushing touchdowns. His passer rating was 10 points higher than it was in, before his injury. You know, I and the Jets, I think, are. Robert Sala, their their coach who's come in, who's now going into year, I believe it's year three, um, either two or three. Um, but he is, uh, you know, they're building this team, I think, through the draft and adding some key pieces in free agency. And I think this year, you know, they're giving Wilson everything that he needs to prove that he's the guy. Uh, I think I think both both New York teams have really just made it like we're going to give you all the weapons possible. The option of, well, he doesn't have anybody to throw to, like, cannot be an excuse. That Daniel Jones has got more receivers than they know what to do with. I mean, when when Sterling Shepard and, and uh, what's his name? It's Slade, Slade slash something, Slade. Um, uh, he was some Slade, Slade and there Slade? it is. Darius, Darius Slade, right. That yeah. I'm like, those are your two worst guys, and those are better than some teams have starters that they've just gone, okay. Here, there are no more excuses. And, and Kadarius Tooney, and they just drafted another guy in the uh, high up in the draft. There's another speed demon, although they were looking to, to trade Tooney. Apparently, they, I don't know, he did something there they didn't like. Yeah. But I'm talent all around. And you still got Saquon Barkley there. And they, uh, they drafted high people for their offensive line. And the Jets have kind of done the same thing, that they, they now have Garrett Wilson there, who was, some people said might have been the best receiver in the draft, that you could make an argument that he – is the best one. Now he was the first one taken, which speaks volume. Yeah. But, I, but they were they able to get, they were able to get their corner at four though, you know, in right, Sauce Gardner, right, right. Yep. which is a big hole that they needed. Um, you know, it's it, the, the, I mean, we're going back now and it's the last time that they were in the playoffs in 2010, right? You had Revis Island, right. you know, and that shut them down. I mean, that was the last time they were in there. There was the AFC championship game that they lost and they had Mark Sanchez, Darrell Revis, Ladanian Tomlinson, like it's been 11 years. LT. Yeah, it's the longest drought. And, you know, and then they had, you know, to this current team, right? Denzel Mims missed all of last year. So you got him coming back. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. They lose, uh, what's his name, to the to the Bills, actually. Uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder. I knew it started with a C. I just, um, <laughs> nah. But you know, and and he drafted Brees Hall. I mean, and they so drafted your, your, Brees and Hall. your running back position has gotten way better. And really, we're talking a big game about the Jets. I mean, I I don't think they're going to be as abysmal as some people think they're going to be. That being said, 
I still think they're destined for last place. I don't know how they beat New England or Miami well, with all their weapons. So, that, that'll be the, the, the it won't be whether Zach Wilson is good or not. I think it'll be, uh, I mean, how many games can you steal from inside your division? Do you know what well, I mean? Well, but my thing is, is like, what have the Patriots done to make their team better than last year? Now, I, I get I, it. Stupidly, they just had Bill Belichick as really all. They made it the is. playoffs and then got just completely obliterated by the the Bills in the wild card game. Like, turns they, out if there's not seventy mile an hour gusts, it's tough to beat Buffalo. <laughs> like, I mean, a historic game, if you will, like a game that we might never see in our lifetime again. It was a perfect game for the Bills, which is great that it was against the Patriots. It just right, Josh Allen had a QB QB rating of 158.3, which is just fantastic. It was perfect. That's just a chef's kiss. And anytime Bill Belichick suffers, I will root for the Bills through and through if it means Bill Belichick is suffering. Always. And really, now, and if you told me that the Jets finished in front of the Patriots, I could see that. I could see a situation where they. The Dolphins are tough, you know, but agreed. Dolphins, though, it's all on Tua. It, and it, it's right. all on Tua. Just like the Jets, it's kind of all on it's all on uh uh Zach Wilson. But Tua, I don't know. He, you know, Brian Flores, he was going back and forth between Tua and Fitzpatrick there for a bit. And who can he trust him? This, that. Now he's the guy, and that's it. I mean, and clearly the Dolphins owner didn't really want him because they were trying to get Tom Brady to come to my to Miami. Right. And that's a whole different story. But you know, you go out, you get Tyreek Tyree Kill. But is Tyreek Hill as good as he is because he had uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, or it's, it's a chicken I mean, and the he, egg thing. Did 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 Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne make Peyton Manning, or did Peyton Manning make Reggie Wayne and Marvin? Harrison? Do you know what I mean? Like probably probably column A, column B. It's it's probably both. Do I think that Manning wouldn't be a Hall of Famer just because he didn't have those two guys? No, I'm I'm confident. I mean. Manning made Austin Collie relevant <laughs> and then well, and Anthony Gonzalez where, uh, relevant for a season. It's the only quarterback that you could probably say made their wide receivers definitely better was Tom Brady. As much as I hate Tom Brady, but look at who he played with. Besides, like when they brought in Randy Moss and the top guys, but he when made West West Walker and Edelman he made West Walker and Julian Edelman into all star players. I mean, you know, pro ball players like. I've never seen a team be at like a fourth and inches and line up gun five wide. Yeah. I mean, like you still can't stop us. Like we're just going to throw no matter what, which is why we, you know, I mean, literally I started a fantasy league called the Brady haters of America. Like it was, which is, I think still going, um, no, it's definitely still going. We have changed the name to make fun of a member in the league, but oh, nice. <laughs> I support this, it. <laughs> this, this, this guy, Bill sends trade requests all the time. I actually just got a text message from him the other day about a trade request. Um, and while I think it honestly, it's good for the league. It's good for people to trade and have interactions with the other owners. It's why you do a dynasty league is to, is to build your team and, and swap draft picks and yada, yada. But it's like crazy amounts of dread. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you'll be like going back and forth and haggling over picks and players or whatever all day long. And then the 11th hour, you'll be like, I agree. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. And he'll be like, what would have to change for me to add Jamar Chase to that? I'm like, dude, <laughs> we just spent 12 hours going back and forth while I'm at work and doing whatever. And then we finally come to a consensus. If you want to change the play, this isn't Madden. You can't just like, keep throwing shit at the wall and see if something sticks. Like that was a whole day I spent negotiating. Yeah, the, it, It's now called Bill's trade request leak. Nice. <laughs> so that's, that's just the thing. 
That's great. I listen. He loves it. He's won the league a couple of times. He's like, yeah, he's like, whatever. Yeah. That spites you. I, I don't care. So you bring up Jamar Chase and that article I had sent you uh, from CBS Sports said the Jets uh, could be the new Bengals for this year. To make that jump. by Garrett Podol um, at CBS Sports pretty much says, you know, why the Jets can make a Bengals like leap from the top of the draft to the playoffs in 2022. Now it didn't, it's not making the argument that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Cause honestly, uh, if it wasn't for 13 seconds and losing a coin toss, I think that the Bengals wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. Right. I think the bills could have beaten them handedly. I don't, I don't know why I home, think that, but. Oh no. I mean the Bengals, they're a good team, but I mean, look at what happened in the Super Bowl when they faced elite team, you know, it was just, they got, they figured out how to stop. Mahomes in a way that uh, the Bills Tampa just- two defense, two deep guys take away the big play and then get after the quarterback. And I feel like that's that was the main difference between Cincinnati's defense and our defense. I, like looking at it, I don't think anybody, if you looked at the units, looking at Cincinnati's defense and Buffalo's defense, would say, I'll, I'll take Cincinnati because I think as a unit, Buffalo's defense is better. The main areas that they were better than we were are basically pass rush that yeah. they have Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, which are both like double digit sack guys that can get after the quarterback. Like in our game against the chiefs, we didn't sack Mahomes at all. He well, danced, now you, he now you add Von Miller. Running. So let's see what well, happens. This correct. Year. And I think all, and all of our guys were young and that was the issue from two years ago that our best pass rusher was Jerry Hughes. And I, I, I listen, I like Jerry. He's, he was a bills guy through and through. I, I like what he was here for, for the time that he was here. It was time to move on. No, like, oh, he used to beat his right tackle like 68% of the time. He's at the highest win rate. I do not give a shit about win rate. I don't care. At some point, you have to get to the quarterback. I get pressures and affecting throws and yada, yada. I'm not discounting all of it, but at some point, you have to get to the quarterback. Oh, he had 68% win rate on his other All these pressures. How many sacks did he have? Oh, zero? Oh, no, he had a good day, though. How do you finish dead last? Did you finish dead last? No, you had a good day. At some (laughs) point, you have to sack the quarterback, and Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard get after the quarterback that got after Mahomes, and they sacked him several times. That was the difference. And a a couple of them were long sacks where Mahomes was like, you know, doing the thing where he zigzags and he keeps bootlegging back and forth trying to evade a pass rush, and he took like a 17-yard loss. Against Buffalo, he evaded those rushers. They fell flat in their faces, and then he completed a 70-yard pass to Tyree. Like, that's the difference. And the Jets or the sorry, the Bills kept up with them, right? I mean, Josh was right. Oh, it was a slug face. The defenses might as well just go sit on the sidelines. I, I mean, it was it was still the one of the greatest games I've ever watched, you know, and yep. probably one of the greatest games I've ever played. Um, you know, and as the uh, reason that Buffalo got five or six primetime games next year is that people go, We need to create that as many times as possible. The NFL, they're not dummies. Well, there's that <laughs> I mean, they're, and not, it's they're also, not stupid. Josh Allen is is a bona fide superstar in this league now, which is, you know, something that the Bills haven't had um, since what Jim Kelly as a quarterback. Yeah, really, yeah, no, it's it's been twenty years. It's, you know, yep. you want to highlight that guy. He's he's one of the faces of the league. You know, people know Josh Allen. I mean, look at him. He was in the match with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and and Mahomes. Uh, and Mahomes. And you know, it was I, I was flipping back and forth between that and the Ranger game. It was you know. It, but he was out there, you know, and there were Bills fans saying, you know, every time he takes a tee off, go, let's go Buffalo. Like, you know, <laughs> he ends every meeting with cool Bills. 
Yeah. Every interview, every meeting, every whatever. He's, oh, Josh, thanks for everything. All right. No problem, guys. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Go Bills. Like well, every the, time. It's fantastic. You know, and that's that's being somebody that the fans can get behind. And he's able to back it up. You know, there's a lot of talk this week with Fitzpatrick retiring and how Fitzpatrick was like, you know, he was the he was the one of the people right in Buffalo. He was the quarterback of the people. I mean, Fitz played on what, 13 or 14 different teams. Oh, a lot. Half the NFL. <laughs> But he was still in in Buffalo last year in the playoffs with his shirt off in the stands rooting for the Bills, right? Like he was still on an NFL roster of another team and he came to the playoff game, I think against the Patriots and was was shirtless. They just had a good old time. And that's, that's what Buffalo likes. I mean, Buffalo fans, right? The Bills mafia, people call it, it's a college-like atmosphere and it's a party when you're at those games. It's one of the reasons I like going because I like the tailgate and it's just, uh, you know, when you get those guys and that's that Fitz team, you know, they didn't win anything, but people look fondly back at that Fitz and Fred Jackson and uh, Stevie Johnson, right? Like that, that was a fun bills team to watch because they had some stretches, but they weren't able to ever get over the hump. It, well, Fitzpatrick is one of those guys who had had the heart, but didn't have the talent to back it up. Do you mean like, and you look he at had, it like he had spurts of talent, Mixed in with like five interception games, right? Like it was right, like, but but I mean, like if, if I feel like if a fumble was on the ground, like he went diving after it. He wasn't like, oh, that's somebody else's job. I don't want to get hurt at the bottom of that pile. No, like he got in there, like he, and that's what we like to see. Josh Allen is that way. Now this is, is Josh what Allen when you, bodying up, right? You that's know, what you mix talent <laughs> with heart and drive. Like that's that's the difference. Do you know what I mean? I, I think no. Tom Brady's that way. Tom Brady, I think, was a great leader. A captain, you mean they they follow him anywhere, and then he backs it up with with throws and clutch plays and whatever. Yeah, I think it's, he's it's, just adapted now, where he just throws the ball so quick that nobody can hit him because he doesn't want to get hit. Well, you know, he's a bit of a whiny crybaby from time to time, but that's just how it is. And when you're a guy that's been in the league that long, right, you get those calls when they just graze your helmet, and he complains. And there there are that. probably there are probably officials in the NFL whose kids are now old enough to drink. <laughs> during during Tom Brady's career, if they were newborns when he started and can drink now, oh, what was it when Tom Brady got drafted? Josh Allen was three, I think, or not born yet. Like no, I think he was three because they were talking about it at the match. It was kind of funny. Well, it, the 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 craziest that I saw was was Troy Polamalu. That during Tom Brady's career, so he was Tom Brady was in the league. Troy Polamalu was drafted, played a full career, retired. Waited five years and was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady's still playing. Yeah. Like all of his whole entire career, including his induction into the Hall, all happened in Tom Brady's career, like within I, the parameters. I don't remember who it is, but I'm pretty sure that there's a guy who played against Brady, and then now his kid is playing against Brady, and I forget who it is. Um, it could be, could be a lineman, could be something crazy. Yeah, something like that. Like you know. He was he was his last season on Brady's rookie season, but it's just you know I don't know I Tom Brady just defies logic and yep. and he can still play at a top level. That's the thing. It's like you know Peyton Manning was dealing with his injuries and that's uh, I would like to know where that would have finished up had it not have been for the the neck the not for the neck and like right. Drew Brees you know he was he missed the entire good. season he missed a whole entire season which for Manning his yeah. stats should be I'm going to say the floor would be 4,000 more passing yards and at least 25 more touchdowns. So whatever yeah. his stats are, he should have had that many more 
on time because he really tired. He was the all time touchdown. All t- you know, what I mean, like he had a lot of those. Yeah, but even when he was playing too, I mean, those though when he was in Denver, he was a game manager. Really, I mean, they just had the no, elite two, defense. Two two years there, he was good. The the yeah. first, I think, the first year he was there, he threw fifty four touchdown passes. Sure, first year, and then the second year, um, but then they lost, right? Because yeah. I think that was the Baltimore year. That was Joe Flacco hitting. That game ended like 42-35. We're in class. It's a classic Manning playoff game. He threw five touchdown passes and lost. You know what I mean? Josh Allen was all about that. Yeah, um, but for sure. Then, then the next year, um, they went again. They were unbelievable. They went to the Super Bowl. I remember the first year they went, but they lost to – we watched it in your basement. He lost to Russell Wilson and Ugh. Seattle, and that game was 55-10. to 10. Like We stopped watching the Super Bowl because it was not entertaining at all. Well, that was the one off. where he fumbled the first. Yes, it snapped over his head. Like the, yeah. the center got all amped up and snapped it over his head. I think that was his first year there. Then his second year there, he threw 54 touchdown passes and lost to Baltimore. And then Baltimore beat uh, the Niners and Colin Kaepernick in the Super Bowl. And then oh, he went back yeah. again in his third year. But that third year was it like his last year where that was like half Brock Osweiler. And then like in the playoffs, like Brock didn't know how to like use cadences or do, you know, anything a quarterback does. Yeah. So they put Manny back in and he was like messing with the defense and they couldn't just pin their ears back and go get him. And then they wound up beating, I think, Carolina. Yeah. They ended up beating the Panthers and then he retired. That was it. So he went to two Super Bowls and he's the only quarterback in NFL history to take two different teams to two Super Bowls. Wow. And I, I might well, be no, the only, no, he was the only person. Well, no, okay, so he he was the only person originally to take two different teams to a Super Bowl, like one, and win one with each. But now Brady's done that as well. But nobody else has taken two teams to two Super Bowls. Brady Brady hasn't been twice. Brady beat uh, Mahomes, oh, only, and, that, only, and that was it. Okay, yeah, because okay, so he's only this is only his third third year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, but plenty, plenty of guys switch teams, but they don't ever make it back to a Super Bowl, let alone go to two. Well, think about a, how a hard it is. Team. I mean, you're talking we're, earlier, we're talking about Tampa Bay going to three straight, right? The Bills went to four straight. Uh, you know, it's hard to get to the championship because you got to beat a lot of good teams. And that's, I guess, one thing I want to ask you is how do you feel as a Bills fan being the Super Bowl favorite? Betting like everybody has the Bills as the Super Bowl favorite. What's that like? coming from an 11-year drought Jet fan here whose glory was in 1969 <laughs> before I was even well, listen, thought we, about. Well, listen, we had the 17-year drought, so you've got, a, you got six more seasons of irrelevancy before God, we're on this, this, this same level. But, I mean, it's honestly, I think it's fantastic because that means we get na- national recognition. We get primetime games. I get to watch my bills on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. Like I love that. Primetime games are fantastic. Um, from a competition standpoint, um, I think it's tougher. I think you have the, the the bullseye on your back and everybody and their mother is coming after you. And it, and it can be difficult, but I, I I think I'd prefer it that way. I don't know. I don't want to fly under the radar. I don't want to be like, oh, it's no like, one's talking so, about the Bills. So you'd I'd rather, rather be the favorite instead of being the scrappy underdog. I mean, so like the Bengals sure. were like the underdog, right? Nobody thought they could do it. They get to yeah, the Well, the, the Bengals lost. <laughs> they sure did. If, listen, if they won, I, maybe my argument would change. They They didn't. The Rams were the best team in football last year. They got Stafford. Everybody like I feel like the Rams were the hottest Super Bowl pick, or maybe Tampa. If it had been one of those two, well, and I think LA the Rams. Won. I think the Ram, I think Rams Bills. Honestly, Week One is going to be a very good game. 
We should just play that game, and whoever wins it just gets the Lombardi. We'll just start that. Like, hey, guys, (laughs) nobody else is even as good. We're not even going to bother worrying about it. We're just going to. That's why you play the game. Thanks, Herm. (laughs) Great. Uh, Good old Herman Edwards. (laughs) That's why you play the game. But I I, I will say that. That other, other, other than the Rams, I do think the Bills have the best roster. That if you're looking for weaknesses and stuff like that, the Bills right now, the second, have a decent offensive line. They've got, I mean, they don't use the running backs very often, but I'm very excited about James Cook. I think he can be fantastic. If he caught 80 balls this season, I'd be like, yeah, no, that tracks. That sounds about right. I think Gabe, Gabe Davis has earned straight up snatched that number two receiver role. He needs to be on the field all the time after that four touchdown game against the chiefs. Yeah. Um, and, and Diggs is still fantastic. And I think our, our defensive line did nothing but get younger and better. All of our yeah. pass rushers are a year older, a year more developed. Um, Von Miller shows up to town and this summer. So I think it was a couple of weeks ago, every single pass rusher on the entire bills team went to Von Miller's pass rushing university in like in, in Denver or wherever it is, wherever he yeah, hosts yeah. it, or maybe it's in Texas. Cause he went to Texas and I don't know. But yeah. he that that was the whole thing. All the pass rushers, they're like that's that's teaching, that's yeah. coaching, that's taking young players and putting them under your wing. That you show up to town and none of them went the year before. All of them went the year you got here. They yeah. all went to learn from you and how to be better pass rushers. Uh fan freaking fantastic. Let's do that. Yeah, I think the Bills. I mean, you know, they just have they they are a team that like has just not gotten worse over the last couple of years. And it's right. It's going to get to a point where there's, they're going to have contract issues and, and salary cap issues, but they, you know, they got Josh Allen on a very, very good deal before all these contracts blew up. And now the stupid right. Deshaun Watson contracts going to kind of ruin it. Like, I don't know how that's going to affect all that might the, get, that might get voided too. We'll see. I'm, I'm super intrigued to see what the happens. The thing is, that. is that, that they did a fully guaranteed contract at 65 but, mil a year. Like it's just absurd. But there, there was a provision though, that it was something like they gave him the contract with, and I don't know the wording or the legal job or why this would be relevant, but here we are um, that based on the, the 22 women who came forward with their, you know, sexual assault allegations um, that they're like, Hey, these 22 here's 230 million, like whatever that dollar amount was. Now, more women in addition to like, the, I don't know if it was like they were all the plaintiffs in one trial, but now more have come and they're not joining the originals like they're like their own separate. So because they're new that they had, it's like it's like getting into additional trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like where they can void your contract because you haven't played any games, you haven't accrued any time and there are new allegations. I don't know if they put in a clause or something like that, but I, I remember reading that like if these new charges seem to stick or whatever that they could void his contract and just be like, all right, peace out. Which, Which I, I would love because I, I, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I don't know why I dislike Cleveland so much, but I really just, I can't stand them as a franchise. I, it was the stupidest and, thing they could have done. You draft number one overall. And listen, I'm not a gigantic Baker Mayfield fan. I hope that he refuses to play for them. They release him or he's the, I'll tag you. All right. Well, I'm not playing like I then suspend me. I don't give a shit. Trade me, release me. And they're stuck with QB obscurity for another fucking 20 years. Like well, that's and the thing they're is, idiots. Not- they did that themselves. There are teams that want Baker Mayfield, but I also think that there are the owners are pissed at what Cleveland did by giving Deshaun Watson that contract, and they don't want to deal with them because they Texans don't are laughing give, all the way to the bank. They don't want to give <laughs> them 
they don't want to give them anything because of how bad that contract is. And the fact that they traded for Watson and then gave him that absurd contract. I mean, he hasn't played a game in over a year at this point. And I, like, I think he should. I mean, it really, honestly, if we're, if we really cared about this stuff, like he should probably never play again. If we're being should, honest, like he well, probably should never thing, be it's right. Like, so, I mean, you know, yes, I agree with that. But there's also the like law part, right? Like the grand jury did not charge him with anything. Now it's all civil cases, right? You know, if he gets out of it and every and the legal system works his way, you know, he's going to get suspended for uh, some I portion th- of this at year. At least this year, after Bauer got two years, right where he got a hundred and or I'm sorry, three hundred and twenty eight games, whatever the equivalent of two, it was two seasons, doing one hundred and sixty two times but two. The, the NFL doesn't have a great track record of being. That I completely good agree. I completely agree. But like, here's an opportunity to be like, hey, listen, this was egregious. It's a Kareem Hunt got half a season. Yeah, he got eight games for that video of him kicking that girl. And, know, and I think like there, there was. I don't want to say there's more of a gray area there because you should never put your hands on a woman. But like there was lots of alcohol involved. It was a, a volatile situation. Like she was like kicking and slamming on doors, like doesn't excuse his behavior at all. But like, I feel like alcohol, like, you didn't know I mean like it was extenuating circumstances. It wasn't a pattern of disgusting, despicable behavior over years with 30 women. You know what I mean? Who knows how many, like, it's just, it is so disgusting. I mean, it's gross. It's just disgusting. I don't know how you don't I get a year or two or what, you know what I mean? I don't know. The NFL will probably – what I think is going to happen is that they're going to suspend him for eight games, ten games, because they want him on the field because that's where – even because as soon as he's on the field, the conversation, he's in the news, right? And that's all they right. care about. Oh, yeah. Good or bad. You know, all press is good press, right? Like, and that's the NFL. I mean, they're, they're – uh, the, the NFL in general has said that if, basically money, if you're talented enough that you can have a second chance. Uh, that's basically – Ben Roethlisberger had those rape allegations against him Ray and stuff Rice, like that. He had a 20-year 20 20 career. Enter – you know, there's there's hundreds of – not hundreds, but, you know, there's, there's plenty of names that you can say of people who did shady things and – still are in the hall of fame or played in super bowls or Ray, Ray Lewis was getting investigated for murder. I, like, it's it was like a no joke fucking thing. I don't Yep. It was nuts, but it's, it was nuts. The NFL, you know, major league baseball. I think they did right with the Trevor Bauer stuff. And, you know, I, if the NFL had a backbone, Watson should be suspended. I mean, the thing is, is like Josh Gordon got suspended indefinitely for weed and like, right, 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 right. And like, Deshaun Watson has, you know, whatever, 30 cases, but 60 women have come out saying that he uh, assaulted them um, and took advantage of them. And like, but what's that? Nothing. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so stupid. The whole Josh Gordon thing and Ricky Williams and like smoking weed and, and playing football, like, that's a way to not take, you know, opioids to work with pain management like i I don't know it's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day (laughs) especially now with how how many states it's legal in now it's harder because you know it's like these guys can't recreationally use it because their employer you know still deems it not legal um right and the federal government does it right there's a there's a that we should do a political podcast and we can talk about that (laughs) john's one is called let's talk no politics okay like yeah, well, <laughs> specifically has that. Yeah. So. So. All right. So. All right. So the the last thing we'll do today is I'll pick your brain 
So if you had to pick the playoff teams from the AFC, some of them are going to okay. be real easy. Some of them are going to be no-brainers. Hold on. I if you had up. to pick the playoff teams, who do you think's getting in? And really, as you, I, I won't do my own, but I'll basically tell you whether or not I agree with you or not as we're going. This will be our, the last thing we do here as we, we wrap it up. Okay. So who is in, and specifically for the AFC? So I think the NFC, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer, but it's kind of a no-brainer. Like all the talent, the arms race of the AFC West, it was absolutely nuts. I, I think the AFC is the important one and how it affects both my Bills and your Jets. Northeast, Southwest, and then what? There's three wild card spots now, right? Only. Yeah, they added one. Yeah, there's more teams now. Is it, what did we do? Is it 10? Is it nine? What's the. Um, two, four, six, seven. It's seven total. Right. Because the first, the, the, the number one seed gets the buy. And then there's three games that get the rest. Okay. So I think the easiest lock in this is the Bills for the East. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, there, um, there, there was seven last year, so that stands the reason there would be seven again. Yeah. Um, the hardest one is going to be the AFC West, honestly. Um, well, let's go AFC North. Okay, so AFC North. If Deshaun Watson – this is where the whole Deshaun Watson thing is up in the air because if he <laughs> plays any games and is at the same level he was you know, in, from 2020 – I think the Browns have a shot to maybe win that division. I don't know that the Bengals can do it again. Um, and then if uh, Baltimore can stay healthy, because they just had like the most unfortunate string of All injuries. Their running backs, team. their corners, Lamar. <laughs> that was a rough year. They for had, I mean, and it killed me in fantasy because I had the running backs. Um, but they had like, you know. Yeah, yeah, ACL in the game, and then the next day of practice, the backup tort tears his ACL. No, no, nothing like having Dobbins and Gus Edwards and being like, it's cool, I got the handcuff. Son of a bitch, the handcuff just tore his ACL. <laughs> and then I picked whammy. up his handcuff, and he also got hurt. Like <laughs> just like Justice was, Hill, there was nobody uh, left. They had nobody left. It was brutal. So the AFC North, and I don't think the Steelers are doing anything this year. I think they're in a little bit of a rebuild. I think they'll be nine, nine, nine and eight because Tomlin will not let them not be nine and eight. Do you know what I mean? Like he's never had a losing season. Yeah. I think that might continue. Yeah, I don't know. Because you've had been there to be able to help that. I guess. Yeah, ben but Ben for the last there, two years. But, but even the year he was hurt and they were using like Duck Hodges and stuff, like all these were like ridiculous quarterbacks. They were still eight and eight, <laughs> even with nobody. He finds a way to win eight games. So not knowing Deshaun Watson, I'm going to go with the Ravens actually in the North. Cause I think that. Um, so is that to say that you don't think that Cincinnati would be a wild card team? Um, or, I'm not there yet. A, I'm going, you think I'm a going lot division, of them are coming out of. Okay. I'm going divisions first. Just division winners. Sure. I have it written down here. I if, man, you should have told me ahead of time. I could have thought about this. this I'm morning. sorry. Well, this, I'm like right. I said, this is just us talking. We're just, nice. just chit chatting. We're now you know, just chatting, but now you can hear my thought process. Of going through <laughs> it. Wait, um, is, that, is that smoke coming out of your ears? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so yeah. I, so for now, the Ravens winning the North, and I'll get to wild card. Um, the AFC South, this is one that's always a tough one because it's this, it's basically Tennessee the or the Colts. It's it's not it's not used. I don't think it's going to be Houston. I don't think it'll be Jacksonville. It's like do you think the Colts are good enough or do you think Tennessee's going to keep on rolling despite the fact that they traded AJ Brown and I mean honestly, I I feel like it's going to I'm going to get burned by picking this, but you know, I think 
I think the Colts finally figure it out. You know, they should. I think Matt Ryan is a substantial upgrade. I'm, I'm doing the, I'm with you as well. I think Indy's going to win that division. And I think that, I don't know. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. Um, and maybe he'll prove me wrong again, but I think he's going to have a tough time throwing to a rookie and Robert Woods, who's 31 and coming off ACL injury. I, I think that's a tough offense, regardless Derek, of how many times you handed to Derrick Henry. Yeah. And Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry can only do so much. Right. And coming right. off a broken foot. I mean, he's probably fine. It's not an ACL or anything, but I, I mean, he was hurt last year. Those carries might catch up with him. So for the AFC West, so this is the division that's going to eat themselves all year long. I hope they beat the crud out of each other all season. Like I, I, I yeah, can't imagine that any of them is going to sweep the games against the other. I feel like it's going to be very tight. Um, and this is where I think a younger team is going to step up. And I think the Chargers are going to win that division. I thought that last year, and then they winded up not not making the playoffs and losing to Las Vegas, which I and Her- and Herbert threw for over five thousand yards, second only to Tom Brady. Like, like Herbert was one of the two five thousand yard passers, and I think Herbert, um, I think they've made some upgrades out there, and I think the Chargers win that. And with their that, defense is much improved as well. That they added JC Jackson a free agency. They traded for Khalil Mack to go with exactly. Joey Bosa. That, I mean, they, they should be exactly should be better. Should be better. On paper, they're better. We'll see what happens though. And so I think the Chiefs are a wild card team. Um, I just I can't I can't see them not making the playoffs. Not making right? the playoffs. And maybe I, maybe this is the year they don't, but It'll be interesting if Las Vegas does not get in because you make that trade for Devontae Adams to, that hopefully like puts you over the top and makes you that that playoff force, and then you don't make it. You know, <laughs> it's like tough. you put any four of these teams in the AFC South and they win by a mile. Like it's right, just, right, it's right, the right. luck of the draw. I mean, it's it was all those years of you know the NFC East had teams coming out that that were under five hundred and making the playoffs, and you're like. And the Bills in a 17-year drought and the Jets are just like, can we go play over there? Like, right. Can we uh, not play with Tom? That'd be fantastic. Can we not play against Tom Brady and maybe we'll be in the playoffs? It's just, it's the luck of the draw. Uh, and it just so happens that Denver went out and got Russell Wilson. The Raiders got Devontae Adams. Like, I'm pretty I sure that, that 60% of free agency was the AFC West. Yeah. I feel like every two seconds I was getting a notification where like every other team, like somebody would sign somebody and the other three teams are going, oh shit. Okay. Pick up the phone. Call the Packers about Adams. I call it. It was just. And I think the Chiefs getting rid of Tyree Kill is why you know I don't have them winning the division um, because they definitely have the kind of history. But I do think that Patrick Mahomes is a good enough quarterback that he'll uh, find ways as he always does. Aaron Rodgers is going to make the the postseason. They lost Devontae Adams, but they're still going to win. Like he's too good for them to not win. They might not be the one seed, but I think they're they're easily making the playoffs. And so I think actually I was going back and forth here in my head, but I think I think the Raiders are another wild card out of that AFC West. So you're taking three three teams from the West, and the Broncos being in last. Um, I don't know. I mean, so now are you going Cincinnati or like Tennessee as the no. remaining wild card team? Because some somebody's not getting in now, right? That somebody's. Well, this is what this is the life of a Jet fan, right? It's like, where, <laughs> how do they get into playoffs? Like, wh- wh- what do they have to do? They have to be better than the entire AFC West, essentially, to get in. And that's, it's going to make it hard, you know? So there's the, the case for the Bengals, right? I mean, if, if, uh, 
Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow show up uh, and they're, you know, the offensive line, which I think they've gotten some help to, um, you know, I think the Bengals could be there. What about the Dolphins with Tua and Tyreek Hill? Are they getting in or is it Tennessee with Derrick Henry? Like, I think any of those three, those are the next three, I think, to get in. And there's also, you were saying, the Patriots with Belichick, right? It's like, could the Patriots surprise somebody and, and Mac Jones throws it's, to I, insert I think name the AFC here. is, I think it's too comp. I think it's way too, you know what I mean? Competitive yeah. for them to get in. If you're, if you're not going to win your division, it's, you have to be just unbelievable. And I think the Patriots do a lot of sm- little things well, but they're not unbelievable. Yeah. So I guess I would say, I think the Bengals get in with the last wild card spot. So Tennessee goes from the one seed overall to not making the playoffs. Yep. And I think I very honestly, real that could happen. I think Miami is the first team out with that, tennis with Tennessee. Oh, behind sure, them. sure, yeah, that would make sense, right? Like, and it's like the Bengals, you know, in that division with the so the Ravens probably twelve wins. I think the Ravens. I mean, I don't have their schedules. I guess I if I had more time to do the whole right, right, yeah. Well, I, 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 sp- I sprung it at you. I know you don't like to be unprepared, but that's. <laughs> Right, because I, well, I unlike you, I don't just have this stuff like buried in my brain. Where I can well, but I don't it. like memorize all the teams' schedules. I mean, but, I'm, you, I, but you could, you could though. You could. If I took enough time, if I took if enough you looked time, looked at it for more than five minutes, you'd probably have it. But that's true. I but, think my, Miami, Tennessee are outside looking in. I think the Jets are better than the Patriots and are third in the AFC East. I know that you don't agree with that, but I, I, I can't. I mean, I can because I'm a Jet fan. (laughs) You're a little biased. You might be just a hair off of of even. I just want them to not be the like laughing stock of the league, which I know like the Bills were for so long, right? They were the butt of every joke. And but the Jets, I mean, you know, they find ways to butt fumble. Just they find (laughs) ways to just like like oh the Sanchez specialty, the butt fumble. On Thanksgiving night on prime time. Like, it's just like, really, you're going to do that. It's like the Mets being the Mets, right? It's like, it's, it's just givens in life that I have to deal with. I don't know. I just, I don't think the Patriots have done enough, anything to get better. And I think the other teams in the division have, I know this is not the topic of, of playoff teams, <laughs> but I wanted to make this point that I think the jets could and should be better than at least one team in the division. I think it's the Patriots that fall. All right. Well, I think uh, at this point, time will tell. But like I said before, I think if you told me the Jets were in front of the Pats, that would be a, a real thing. But I think with that, this, this is a long episode. This was good. This is what happens when you get the, the transplanter. You get that guy from, from downstate New York to come to up, 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 upstate New York. Get a um, coffee. <laughs> yeah, I want a cup of coffee. But Big Rick, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, man. It. Thanks for having me. Always love talking sports. I know we'll talk more again so uh invite me back whenever uh whenever Excellent. maybe uh maybe mets yankees getting to the world series we'll have to do a world series special or I, something. i'm i'm down we should do that subway for the series that'll be good there you go so with that being said hats tats and stats is a bicbp radio network show a championship caliber podcast be sure to like follow subscribe on all of social media and with all that big rick and the Statman are out of here see you guys talk to you later